Hello everybody, welcome to my podcast, The Journey of a Researcher. I am your host, Dr. Kasturi Banerjee and today on this bonus episode, I am bringing my husband, Dr. Sumanan Bhattacharya to talk about how to become a researcher through the engineering field. He had his degree in B.Tech and now he is a fully active researcher and he likes to call himself a fungi microbiologist so stay tuned through this entire episode to know how you can become a researcher if you are not going through the traditional bsc msc route and i hope you're gonna learn and love this episode how are you i am fine how are you doing i'm tired okay but i'm excited to you know why to interview me Yes, <laughs> to interview you. Is this an interview? I don't know. You just told that it's going to be a really formal interview. That's why I'm prepared with all suited and booted. I thought we were going to have a chit-chat. As you wish, you are the host. Ah, that's true. Let's start with a chit-chat. Okay. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen and all my lovely listeners, today we are doing a small bonus episode with the one, the only, my amazing scientist husband, Shamanan Bhattacharya, PhD or Dr. Shamanan Bhattacharya. Which one do you like? I would rather prefer PhD. Okay. Shamanan Bhattacharya, comma, PhD. Because if you say Dr. Shamanan Bhattacharya, people tend to get confused between a real doctor and a PhD doctor. Yeah, we are kind of the pseudo doctors. We are more behind the scenes, but we are still performing what a real doctors yeah do. okay <laughs> so how is your life going as a researcher well as a researcher so far i am enjoying my life i always wanted to be a researcher and i am the researcher now true do you like research or let me reframe that what do you like about research well research is like Something you search for every day, which is novel. Nobody has done it before. So it's kind of interesting that each day you experience something new. It doesn't matter whether it's a positive or a negative thing. But yes. you really re-research a new <laughs> thing. We research and then re-research and then we re-research and we call that based on our previous literature search. This is known and this is what is not known. And now we're trying to answer that. Yes. And each research article you guys see on the internet is novel, actually. There's no repetition. There's no nothing. We call them plagiarism if we repeat. But usually there are really, really low amount of repetition in research. Yeah. And if you are unfortunately caught with that kind of an allegation... Yeah, you are in a lot of trouble. Like a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, there are many plagiarism software to prevent yourself from yeah. getting... Here is a cool thing about my husband. So, I studied in ICER and I came into research through a very, I'll say, common trajectory because I did my bachelor's, master's, the BSMS from ICER. That's where I got exposed to scientist and science and research and then I did my PhD and now 
I'm officially a researcher. But he didn't follow the same trajectory, right? Yes. Yeah, so he uh, started off as a biotech engineer, yeah. right? In B-Tech in bioengineering. And then he came to U.S. to do his master's and then into PhD. So a very common question or uh, we'll say confusion a lot of people have is that why will engineer somebody who goes into engineering college will come into research because you know you can make so much money as an engineer than as a researcher so who was your inspiration scientist why like well my inspiration has always been abdul kalam mm. but in even in engineering you do research there are many engineering fellows who go and pursue mtech and phds Mm-hmm. Like the professors in engineering college, they have mostly pursued PhDs. Mm-hmm. And if you have a PhD in any field, whether it's in engineering or medicine, you perform research. You publish papers. Even electronics engineering PhDs publish papers. They do novel stuff. So research is important in every field. It doesn't matter whether you are an engineer or a doctor or anything else even lawyers if you have heard about the patent lawyers and all mm. the lawyers yep they have to do research too to know about a particular product for which the patents were made so that they can defend their client. yeah yeah they have to read a lot so they have to read a lot before they can even write the draft to be yeah. submitted for a patent approval so research is really not only for medicine research nope. is for everyone even mathematicians do phd's yeah they do and that's a research too mm-hmm. research mm-hmm. in mathematics research mm-hmm. in physics everything has its own research wing looks like you had a very strong person as your role model the uh, late dr abdul kalam and uh, he is a man in his own league he has inspired so many people so let's go back into your trajectory so where did you do your btech from and did you like had any bachelor's thesis you did and then why did you choose to do your masters in usa i always liked biology when i was in school i used to love studying what's inside our body and how human systems work and how and numerous bacteria fungi viruses work so i always wanted to pursue something which was related to uh, which is related to biology so my choice was either to go in medical sciences or to go in something related to biology like a biotechnology for instance or biomedical sciences yep we are very similar on that yeah biomedical sciences is also offered as a engineering degree program in some of the universities at least in west bengal university of technology from which i did my bachelor's degree uh, they also offered a biomedical engineering uh, course and if i am not uh, wrong uh, netaji shubhas institute of engineering used to offer biomedical from in west bengal oh i didn't know that yeah a uh, couple of my friends did their bachelors from there in uh, biomedical sciences interesting mm-hmm. so so then after giving my joint entrance examination which is the entrance to get into engineering colleges in yep, west bengal we all gave that um i ended up 
in Heritage Institute of Technology, which is under West Bengal University of Technology. And I am not sure whether they have changed the name of West Bengal University to something called Moolana Abul Kalam Azad or something. I, uh, they keep on changing. But it used to be West Bengal University of Technology and Heritage Institute of Technology used to be the second most important institute after Indian Institute, no, after IEM. I forgot the full form of it. Mm-hmm. But Heritage used to be the second most important engineering college in affiliated to West Bengal University of Technology. Mm-hmm. So I started doing my biotechnology BTEC. The first year was like similar to any other engineering courses. We had to uh, read and study all the other engineering books like computer science, chemical engineering, electronics and communication. Even had to deal with some programmings that software people do. Mm-hmm. But from our second year onwards, we were into the core subjects like the microbiology, like um, uh, genetic engineering and all those stuffs. But since I was from an engineering, uh, I was going to earn an engineering degree, our biotechnology was kind of fused with chemical engineering. Ah. So we had to do thermodynamics, bio uh, bioengineering stuff. Like, oh, that probably will be really cool things to do, right? Yeah, so lots of calculations, lots of chemistry stuff. Ah. But those were interesting too. I used to love them. Thermodynamics mm-hmm. was one of my favorites. So proceeding towards the second year, we were introduced with microbiology, which was like an instant, like... Uh, you have love at like, first sight? Yeah, kind of thing, microbiology. <laughs> so I always wanted to be a microbiologist. Uh-huh. And I became a microbiologist. So, but dream come true it was a slow dream come true but mm. it finally became a dream come true but the subjects which i mostly hated <laughs> was bioinformatics which helped me in ending up in the united states also ah because my first master's degree which was from university of missouri st louis was on bioinformatics ah interesting you know and as you know bioinformatics you cannot help uh but bioinformatics is one of the most important oh yeah in the biology field it's it's the most up and coming field and so many uh job opportunities as well as research opportunities are opening up because of the rise in this field yes and as a bioinformatician you learn programming as well as i learned pearl pearl which is an important programming, and I used to do structure prediction for kinases uh-huh. during my must uh, my first masters. Mm-hmm. It was not a masters with thesis, mm-hmm. as you asked, but I did a project uh, where for a year in a lab in University of Missouri St. Louis, which dealt with uh, homology structure prediction of different kinases. Okay. And including the funny part is we could, with that software, uh, we could even predict the kinases as back as to those present in dinosaurs. Wow, that is so cool. Because the kinases were like so conserved. It hasn't modified. It hasn't evolved that much. Yep. in these millions of years yeah it's interesting how much nature loves some of its proteins and mechanisms and reactions like it's like i'm not going to move a single molecule away from the traditional one it's, it loves to preserve and conserve so many of the mechanism mm-hmm. it's it and it has helped because 
so many pathways and understanding especially when it comes to developmental diseases and uh, developmental challenges have been studied in models like drosophila fruit flies mm. tadpoles uh, which has nothing to do I mean kinases are like the backbone of cell signaling. Yeah yeah that's that's what I'm saying kinases like kinases and phosphatases they Yeah are... what's that thing our boss says that nature does not love to change too many things it loves to use the same principle just improve it slightly based on organism to organism I love that quote I love that quote So quick question did you get any research experience during your bachelor's time Yes so during our second year so it wasn't like a compulsory thing only thing was compulsory was to do a internship in the fourth year mm-hmm. but in the second year i ended up with couple of friends of mine to do some to get some research experience outside mm-hmm. our curriculum so we went uh, into this awesome institute in kudghat calcutta mm-hmm. which is human genome uh, institute where they u- usually research on tuberculosis patients ah okay and sometimes on thalassemia patient as well as you know tuberculosis and thalassemia are most important diseases in india at present yeah. uh, so we got kind of exposed to uh, research in the second year and as well as like clinical translational part of yes. it as well that's cool we ended up meeting with several tuberculosis patients and we kind of like performed experiments as to how you detect that a patient has tuberculosis or not so pro- that probably was your most humbling experience as most well most humbling experience yes Yeah. So you come on and like hands-on experience as mm-hmm. to how TB can affect you. I mean, TB can was affect people. And still is one of the most dangerous oh, yeah. diseases in True. the world. True. And with the advent of multi-drug resistant TB, it's even getting Worse. out of control. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, then on fourth year, as I mentioned, it was kind of a compulsory to have an internship outside. That sure. was part of our curriculum. I did a, a two months internship. in SSKM hospital which mm-hmm. is one of the important and um, hospital, hospitals yeah. in Calcutta mm-hmm. and um, that was actually the research wing of SSKM which is called IPGMER oh okay and yeah. there we studied on tumor uh, on how tumors can be repressed through immunotherapy oh so you were doing immunotherapy or like you had some experience in immunotherapy before immunotherapy became a big thing now big thing yes Ooh. this was 10 11 years back so so, so it cool. was still in infancy yeah and and to know and realize that a concept that is the uh, i will say front runner for cancer treatment right now immunotherapy being studied in a hospital in india 10 to 11 years before it became a big deal shows that how much we don't know about the research that's going on in yeah. india yeah and as i said it was in infancy but uh, the way it started uh, it touched me because my mom had uh, breast yeah. cancer and she ended up taking chemotherapy mm-hmm. and the side effects of chemotherapy i have seen her suffer yeah and the way immunotherapy research started it will less the side effects of chemotherapy sure. uh, that rationale really touched me yep and it's interesting that you experienced it when you were doing your fourth year project in bachelor's 
and years later my phd work was on pancreatic cancer immunotherapy life mm-hmm. has really weird ways of so it was the thing which things. i did in sskm was on brain tumor so we used to uh, my first exposure to mice was there because they used to induce a tumor on mouse. Oh, okay. And then uh, treated them with uh, whatever they yeah. used to do. So, how easy or difficult was it for you to come, you know, to make the decision between becoming like having a job as a biotech engineer versus going the long way of becoming a PhD, doing a doctorate. So let me tell you, before coming to United States, I worked in Mumbai. I worked as an assistant microbiologist in a well-known company in Mumbai. The head office was in Pawai. And I really liked the stuff they used to do. It mm-hmm. was kind of unique at that time as well. This was like, again, 10 to 11 years back. And I really loved working over there. And at that time also, the government of India was spending quite a lot of money in biotech. So we were getting quite a lot of uh, money over there. I started loving working over there Mm -hmm. as a researcher because I was in the research and developmental Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. I was not in the quality control or anything uh, because that uh, company also had the quality control and department. So... This job that you got in the uh, pharmacy, I think it's a pharmaceutical company, right? It's a pharmaceutical company, yeah. yes. So how easy was it for you to get the job? Was it like a campus placement? Did you look for it? How? Did no, you... it was not a campus placement, sadly. I, I looked through uh, internet. So, no, that's a great thing because, you know, one of the biggest concern mm-hmm. that I have received from a lot of students who are interested in research is that a lot of companies like don't come to ISERS or other research institute for campusing and of course not everybody wants to do a PhD they want to become like you did like a research uh, assistant microbiologist in a company and stuff like that so to know that your job was not kind of handed to you through the campus placement but you looked for it so would you elaborate on that, you know, for those people who don't want to See, at least 10 years back, it was a sad reality that private institutes only were being uh, visited in campus interviews by software companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rarely a core field for biotech or a chemical engineering um, used to come and recruit them over there. Mm-hmm. But there were many websites... Um, uh, like job seekers websites like monster.com or anything similar uh, used to help a lot. Mm-hmm. So you can end up looking for jobs over there if you are not intended in going into software companies. Because software companies during those times used to hire from any department they didn't care about i think it's still true today yeah it's still true today probably but at least 10 years back they used to hire from anywhere Mm. they didn't care whether you are from a biotech or a computer science they used to recruit as long as you have a b-tech degree oh wow so for instance in my department in biotechnology uh, wipro um, took like 27 people out of 60 And biotech had only small experience of computer science. That's true. That's true. So, 
so you said you looked up on a website so i believe you looked like in indeed.com and monster.com yes. and you found the job listing mm-hmm. and so you then how did you apply for it and what was so it was more of a formal letter mm-hmm. to one of the recruiters yep. uh, so i went to their website and they had every website used to have i mean it still have contact us yeah and um, i just wrote a letter to them and they um, contacted me yep um and i sent them cv and they did a telephonic interview first okay and then uh, probably they did a skype okay uh, yeah but in those days i mean it's i can understand yeah the skype internet was connection really, was fantastic was perfect, but it worked out yeah so this is like in 2008 2009 yeah so basically when i joined icer that time this is how you got your job and i believe for a couple of years that was the process because once the government started investing money like in making icers and building up the iisc bachelor's program and other institute the companies also started getting a boost something that you experienced while you were working there mm-hmm. that the companies were getting a lot of money, money. and support from the government So it was during those times when the inflation hit mm-hmm. the government was spending quite a lot of money on biotech and chemical engineering uh, So you will uh, agree that the support of the people and the government is very important for this field to mm-hmm. survive and thrive and yes. provide opportunities yes, of course. Yep. because the main money comes from them True and these scientific things are quite expensive unless the government sponsors it's really hard everywhere the government government is the one who is doing the thing okay so uh you probably worked for a couple of months or year there right before you... one year yeah. exactly one year i worked one year and then you realized that you needed something more yes i wanted to do something more rather than staying in one field mhm mhm so that's when i decided to go forward but in the end of third year of my bachelor's degree i gave my gre Mhm. So somewhere there was always a plan education. come to US for further education. Yeah, education. So that's when I started applying and uh, I applied for the master's program first. Mhm. And then after getting the master's in US United States I applied for PhD. Mhm. So after the master's you probably had a choice to go back into industry versus yes. pursuing it in phd why did you choose to do phd and not go back cuz you had your masters at that point so i thought if you are having a masters uh, it's my opinion again mm-hmm. why not go for a phd because masters is kind of like a missing link between a bachelor's degree and a <laughs> true, phd true 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 so if you are competent like enough to yeah. be a masters then why not go, go for ahead. a phd and finish that up Yeah that's 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 a very very legitimate um that's a very legitimate viewpoint and uh, that's completely understandable so how was your phd experience like anyone else there were quite a lot of frustrations <laughs> but don't be do with that definitely it yielded good results mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not like it was a total like you will never repent of doing a phd So I believe yours was also like a year of courses and then you had to give candidacy. Yeah, a year of courses then candidacy was there. So you have to pass the candidacy. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the good thing about the university I did my PhD on, after you pass the candidacy, they give you the master's degree again. Oh, okay. Just in case if you don't want to pursue, like, pursue PhD or you like somehow back out mm. or somehow something happened in the future and you couldn't finish PhD, you get another master's degree. That's that's a great, great blessing to have because yeah. you are not wasting your two, three years in that yes. way. So the first year was basically coursework and second year was like more of, uh, not only first year was coursework, you, we had to do lab rotations in mm -hmm. three different labs. And it doesn't mean that you have to select a lab from those three labs you rotated. Like mm -hmm. I rotated in completely three different lab, but ended up getting into some other lab. <laughs> that wasn't because I had really bad experience in three rotating labs. It's only because out of the three, two didn't have funding. Ah, uh, yeah. And in PhD, uh, you should be concerned about at least five years worth of funding, although it takes like four years in yep. work, lab work. Yeah. But you should Especially if you are doing it in a foreign university. Foreign university, you shouldn't be ending up without money. Yeah. And the thing is, in PhD, if something happens, like your boss ends up having money, you end up doing teaching assistantship. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, another good thing about our university over there. So even if the boss runs out of money, you have to teach. Mm -hmm. And the teaching money, will the department will pay the same amount of money as the boss is supposed to pay. Yeah, that's good. But it was compulsory for one year for us to teach, mm -hmm. which I found that every university should have it. Yeah. Because you get kind of teaching experience. Mm -hmm. So our second year was like doing teaching assistant, mm -hmm. uh, working as a teaching assistant. So you teach an undergrad lab for mm -hmm. a whole year. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's really like six months in one lab and six months in another lab teaching. Uh, and I felt like that's an, a good thing to have yeah yeah good agreed agreed so shom did his phd from university of missouri kansas city and uh, i did mine from unmc but at unmc we didn't have the teaching assistantship as compulsory we were hired as research assistant but we had a provision of tutoring students something which i did for two and a half year or you can do a teaching assistantship. Both were paid positions. So I got uh, paid extra apart from my stipend. I didn't do the teaching assistantship because my time commitment were not matching with my project. But uh, I did love doing tutoring. And I absolutely agree with you that teaching students, especially the master students, helps you in even building up your background strongly because you relearn the things and you realize that there are so many even things. Even undergrad students. Even undergrad, undergrad, yeah. And and you get introduced to concepts that were probably absent when we were doing our bachelor's and when we were doing our master's. So absolutely, if you have an opportunity to teach, if you can't teach, at least try to tutor because you will learn lot more and you will realize that even in two years science changes by i think kilometers and miles mm. overall how was your work-life balance during your phd it was good whenever i wanted to do something personally i could because i had a lovely boss too mm -hmm. i mean he all he cared was that i am producing something in lab Mm -hmm. 
he didn't care how much work hours I am doing. Mm-hmm. As long as I have enough output, mm-hmm. he didn't care that I should be working on Saturdays and Sunday. And I know, I personally know, that you developed your hobby of photography during that time. So, how was no, that? No, not really. I was into photography after I bought my first cell phone camera mm-hmm. rather that was in way back in 2007 when mm-hmm. i started but it was definitely at its peak during my phd <laughs> so. so basically you were like monday to friday lab and then on the weekend let's go and click some nature so the good thing about my phd's experience was that when i was asked to select the lab and they asked me to go and interview the profs mhm So it was kind of like a double uh, and interview. And it's absolutely thing, important. Which worked quite a lot. Yep. yep. Because as as I said it wasn't compulsory that you should be um uh, selecting from the three labs you rotated. Mm-hmm. You can select from anyone. So I ended up selecting my boss, my True. previous boss. Mm-hmm. After interviewing, he interviewed me, I interviewed him back. <laughs> so it was more of a conversation as to what and I know it was kind of weird conversation mm-hmm. because uh it was not an equal conversation yeah. like yeah, he yeah, is, yeah, yeah. he the person I did my PhD on he was at that time also the dean of the school mm-hmm. of biological sciences so he had enormous experience of course of course but I believe when I had the same we didn't have like you get to full on interview your mentors but we definitely had like our we were required to have a one-on-one session with the potential lab and there were supposedly some questions we were asked to ask one of them was definitely funding how will you support us financially for the 4 to 5 years of our phd the second one was uh, do you really want us to stay in the project that you're giving us and how flexible you are to us opening and starting a completely new project which basically happened with me mm-hmm. and i believe uh, there was a part because you are one of the paper that you published in your phd is being revered by a couple of other journals because it was path breaking and novel in that field so yeah these two questions are very important and as well as i think there should be one more question asked is what is your expectation work wise in the lab like how much time commitment you expect a graduate student to do because it's important to know how your life is going to be for 4 years minimum so that you know and break and balance your also life also it's important that not only you do one on one with the professors you should also talk to the students of the lab absolutely agreed uh because they are the greatest reviewer of their bosses mhm mhm so <laughs> you should definitely like talk to them talk to, to them. know mm-hmm. whom are you being committed for next 4 to 5 years exactly it's like a marriage you have to be in this committed relationship for 4 years 4 to 5 years yeah. you want to be having some control and peace of mind during that entire process cuz science is hard yeah and as i said it depends quite a lot on the pi the boss yeah. you are getting yeah yeah like like i have seen many bosses who turned out to be really bad mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They won't defend their students during the committee meetings. Mm-hmm. They will just say mm-hmm. you should be knowing that and Yeah. Yeah, put them under the bus, throw them under the yeah, bus. I mean, but my boss was like always in defensive mode. True. So True. He always used to defend me. So after PhD, did you try exclusively for postdoc or you were looking for other job positions as well? No, I exclusively tried for postdoc because I thought I need a little bit more experience to get into the job market. Mhm. Mhm. So that's why I was looking for either an industrial postdoc or an academic postdoc. Mhm. Uh, which both would have given like a similar not similar I mean kind of similar experience. So when you were looking for your postdoc lab, let's just say what was the most important question or like requirement you had when you were looking for that postdoc position because there are like so many labs you know mm. but you were not definitely applying to everybody because that will be like ridiculous yeah so first thing and foremost important thing it should be that the research interest of the lab should match your interest mm-hmm. that's an important thing because again in postdoc you are committing for another three to five years maybe yeah sure so you are committing to a person for that long you should be loving the thing you are uh, mm-hmm. going to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i would suggest that since by the time you are looking for a postdoc you are already quite experienced and yeah because you are almost getting a phd you should be knowing most of your field so that's how you should be knowing so what about you what's the first most important thing you should be knowing yeah uh, for me it was a little bit different because i changed my field you know that i was in cancer and now i am in infectious diseases but i will say overall through my masters to my phd to my current postdoc my general theme was immunology i wanted to do my work in immunology cuz that is the base for any illnesses if your immune system is messed up you are going to get sick your body will not be able to overcome the disease it it doesn't matter what is making you sick if it's cancer if it diseases if your immune system is not doing its job you are going to suffer and a lot of time you're going to die so that has been my overall quest or search throughout all the uh, projects i did but when i was doing my immunotherapy work i realized that i needed a little bit more uh deeper foundation in immunology and the best way to get that was doing a project in infectious diseases because that's where the birth of immunology truly happened that's where people were understanding like all the how b cells works or t cells work etc etc they were all trying to understand with respect to infectious diseases and as they got more and more understanding they tried to apply it to other field like cancer immunotherapy so for me it was a more smarter or easier decision to go and change into a field where i get to do more in depth immunology and get my foundation stronger and then go back and basically explore what are my options uh, work wise then just stay in cancer immunotherapy where i feel like i still don't know enough to build a project of my own or like branch off on my own so it was a uh, definitely a very um i will say interesting as well as difficult time but as you said that 
one of the important thing was how are the people in the lab feeling with the project because uh, there are also so many different types the main thing was i knew that the lab i is doing more immunotherapy like antibody research so that was something i wanted to really learn and then i heard you talk about your boss you were very 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 satisfied with her and then i talked with other people they were very satisfied with her and i love the fact that when we had our interview she asked me where do you see yourself in five years and uh, what do you want to take from this lab which was something very important for me because i knew at the moment that she was thinking about my future so that is something you want from your mentor because she has already reached where she is right now but she is more focused on where i want to go so i think the balance of the work that already was proposed for and the content and happiness of the people working under her and the conversation i had with her was definitely the main reason why i'm doing postdoc in this field and in this lab yeah also you should be looking at the funding as yeah, well yeah definitely funding is another important thing as i yeah, said yeah, yeah. you were committing for 3 to 5 years yeah yeah and in postdoc the funding is extremely really important, important so. yeah and i don't think for postdoc usually the uh, hiring advertisement is given if there is no funding in the yeah. lab cuz this is more of a job uh, than a training sometimes they have funding for 2 years yeah yeah so and they mentioned that they mentioned during that, the yes. hiring time so you know exactly what to happen or like what to expect if you choose to have that job and stuff like that so how is your research going right now research is going like research should be it's again researching every day are you researching your fungi yes <laughs> and i am loving it so far it's as you can say it's like a new experience every day yeah and but it's worth it to do that's that's great and uh, congratulations on being inducted in sigma xi how was oh, that experience it was really great i still am honored as to who nominated me i still don't know <laughs> but someone has to nominate you to be inducted into sigma psi so i am still on the lookout if the person is listening please come forward and uh, where do you see yourself in next 2 3 years because now you have all the experiences that you were looking for see my next goal is to go into industrial job Mhm. So I plan to go and look for a job in the industrial field. Mhm. Doing research and development in industry, designing drugs mm-hmm. for the fungal diseases which I am right now working on. Mhm. So I mostly work in molecular mechanisms behind drug resistance in mm-hmm. fungi. So if I can get something in the industry, I will be really Uh, that would be really nice really nice yes and uh, what if you get an opportunity in the academic field if in the academic field i get an opportunity i would love to teach people mhm so you want to inspire new minds younger minds yes uh, but my last but not the least of course the thing will be to set up a lab of my own <laughs> never say never. Yeah, that's never say never. Never say never. You might have to do that. You never say never. Yeah, so if you have to give an advice to a student who is unsure but loves science and 
wants to become a researcher, what will that be? Well, just go what your heart says. If you really want to pursue your knowledge in science, go for PhD. But just don't go for PhD for the sake of getting a doctorate. Just love the subjects and a subject and go for PhD because PhD is hard. It's the highest level of degree so far we know. Mm-hmm. And it really makes you work hard to get it. Yeah, it transforms you. So just don't think like to get that doctor written in front of you. Just don't dive into PhD. If you really, really love research and really, really love science, you should definitely go for PhD. And uh, what is your viewpoint about someone who wants to do research but doesn't want to do PhD? How should that person... That person can still pursue with a master's degree. They can go into research. Yeah. They can become basic scientists. Yeah, and with your experience that you had, something I didn't know, uh, the fact that you were able to find an employment through yourself without a campusing help and support from your university suggests that there are jobs available. And yes, if you look for job, it yeah. and you're a good fit for it, yes. you can... Actually, find a job. So, yes. no, don't need to worry. You will yeah. be employed. If you just don't get like too much into glamour with the software engineering part. <laughs> we should not roast a field. No, I am not roasting a field, but it's quite a glamorous. It thing is to true. Have. It and is true. They give you lucrative packages mm-hmm. to start with, but if you really, really do love science, then mm-hmm. proceed forward. You will get the benefits yeah you will you will definitely find companies job openings in pharma companies or biotech companies and you can basically look for the job that you want get interviewed give your best shot and there is a good chance you will get it in the end yeah that's that's a really good advice because i didn't have that experience so that's why i brought my husband in he is the other way to become a researcher. He started as a B-Tech engineer and then he had a job and he worked in a company and then he later moved on, did his PhD and now he is very content as a researcher. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So that was a small bonus episode that I wanted to do because I know a lot of people wants to know what to do after finishing their bachelor's or master's from anywhere and i thought that this alternative perspective will help everybody and it's always nice to talk to you because you explain things i think you like touched on the gate and everything if you are a b-tech you go for m-tech with gate yeah and in biotechnology you can get m-techs from anywhere as long as you have a good gate score and IITs are doing great job and IITs are doing great jobs. I don't know whether ICER falls under gate or not. No, I think we fall under gate for PhD but we don't have a tech degree. Yeah, but IITs do. And I know IITs M-Tech is really, really good. Oh yeah, they have a really fantastic research facility as well. Like anybody wants to have that. I mean, it's one of the best universities in India. Well, that will be it for today. It is always nice to have you and I will bring Shom to the podcast time and again if you guys have any specific question, especially on the conversation about 
how to choose your phd guide and things to look at because we had a slightly different experience in our phd program and i believe that you guys will love that perspective other than that episode 3 on internships is going to come soon in the meantime please enjoy this episode if you have question you know where to send it send it to the facebook page of my podcast the journey of a researcher and please like the page rate the page review the podcast on all the platforms that there is uh iTunes Google Podcast Spotify and if you don't have any of those and love YouTube this episode will also be available on YouTube so please be a part of the family subscribe to the channel so that you can avail them and i will see you guys the next time bye